0: I wanted to talk to you this morning uh, about a conversation I recently had uh, with a Catholic over over lunch uh, I'd, I'd met this guy uh, for lunch for some business and um, I figured out he was Catholic and he was willing to talk so we got to talk so um, I, I think I've told y'all before I've got a you know I guess maybe an acquaintance that's a Catholic priest and a good friend of mine that's Catholic and, um, you know, I, I try to engage every chance I get with uh, folks I come in contact with and um, several close friends that uh, seems like we've got a good enough relationship that we can talk, uh, you know, outside of Catholics, you know, other, other folks that I work with or come in contact with that get to talk about things from time to time and I... You know, I was thinking back through my conversation with this guy the other day and there seem to be several things that i that I seem to keep seeing in a lot of these conversations I have um, and I guess they they more um, as I have more and more of them and I, I feel like I see the same themes I kind of uh, when i'm when I'm talking to them, i I, I, I find myself being more pointed uh, in my conversations and trying to dig down deeper uh, with folks. And so I hope some of this conversation today, uh, doesn't feel like I'm bouncing all over the place, but I I do want to kind of touch some different points that I feel like I I see coming up in in the conversations that I have with people. I don't know uh, if you see some of the same things or not, but, um, I feel like I do. I feel like I see some, some trends there of what's going on, uh, around us. And so I'll tell you, I kind of I figured out he was, uh, like I said, I figured out he was a he was Catholic, and uh, his wife was, you know, studying to be some I don't know doctor in philosophy in the Catholicism or something like that. And so anyway, I um, having read through some history a little bit on uh, that Fox's Book of Martyrs, you know, covers a lot of the history of the Catholic Church, um, talks a lot about the Spanish Inquisitions and things like that, and so. I just asked him, I said, well, do you think the Protestants are going to hell? And, uh, you know, he, he kind of stuttered there for a minute. And um, I guess that's kind of where we got started. And, and so <clears throat> something that I see uh, come up a lot in dealing with different folks is is this appeal to Something else with Catholics, it seems to always be the traditions. You know, they hold the the church fathers, as they call them. Uh, look, we have an uninterrupted history, and, and and there's this appeal to to something higher than themselves, but not the Bible. But but there's this, there's this appeal to to look to somebody, their priest, their pope, uh, for deciding the issues of life. Uh, what are we now going to do with these Protestants? You know, and of course his answer was, you know, well, we're just going to kind of all go to heaven. You know, that, that was kind of his answer. I said, you know, my response to him was, well, y'all sure changed your position on that. You know, uh, the Catholics were killing folks. I don't, know, You know, and of course he's, you know, I think he was kind of flabbergasted that I was, you know, trying to be pointed with him, but I was trying to get him to see that uh, what he's appealing to is ever changing. You know, but but he he wants to act like, uh, and and I, I'm trying not to use this in one guy because I see this with all of them that I that I have this discussion with, is that, um, you know, there's this appeal to to these higher group of people, you know, I see it with the Westminster Confession of Faith, you know, the Presbyterians appeal uh, to that, the, the Calvinist, uh, the Southern Baptist Doctrine or Bylaws, the Book of Mormon, you know, you can kind of go with a lot of these things and. Um, pretty much every one of them, you can pick out a thing that they appeal to that has changed over time. And my appeal to all of them is always, I don't see in in my Bible where there's any room for another book, for another uh, appeal for me. I don't see room for that. So what I'm always trying to point back to is, is let's go back and see if we can agree on the Bible. And what I, what I tend to find out, and it took me a long time to get here, is that we can't even agree on our Bible. They all say, oh no, this is, this is right, this is right. But dig down with them. They don't believe that. I guess the question for me and you is, do I believe that? Am I guilty of the same thing they're guilty of? Just in a different way. So, um, Jude 2 or not Jude 2, it ain't but one chapter, but Jude in verse 3, uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. It's been once delivered. I've got, I've got this, and that's what I should appeal to. Second Peter, a lot of this stuff is going to be scriptures you're very familiar with, but I just want us to think about it uh, this morning together. Second Peter 1 and in verse 2, Uh, Peter's telling us His divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that being Jesus who called us by glory and virtue. Another passage I think you're probably all familiar with 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So again, I ask the question: Where, where in, where in this book does God allow for me to appeal to anything else outside of His will? And we've talked a lot in here about being uh, in the vine. You know, uh, making sure that we're abiding in Him. Uh, these things are all very important. But again, I ask the, I'll ask this question again: Can I be guilty of the same thing? That I see around me, this appeal to the church fathers, this appeal to the bylaws, this appeal to the Book of Mormon, some other book, some other thing, some other person. Let me ask you if any of y'all have ever heard this, studying something, well, or talking to somebody. Well, you know, Grandpa always did this, or Grandma. She was she was good, and she did this every Sunday. Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever thought that? Um, Well, you know, all growing up, we did this. Or I believe this. All growing up. And so, it must be true. Uh, Some situation comes up. Well, last time, we did this. So we ought to do it this time. Um... You know, I heard that this congregation over, and I'm just picking on Alabama, this this congregation over in Alabama, they did this when this situation came up. Well, you know what? My favorite preacher once said that we ought to do this. You know, those elders over there, they decided to do this. I know we don't have elders, but they did this. It's got to be right, huh? It's got to be. You know, all these people around me, I see them doing that. And again, have, have, have I ever been guilty of that? Have any of us ever been guilty of that? Have any of us ever been, not even maybe not even saying it, but thinking it? You know, instead of, well, what, does, what, has, God, what has God said about this topic, whatever that topic may be? Because He's already told us He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's equipped us for every good work. He's made us complete. He's given us all that we need. It's been delivered once for us. We've got it. And so if if, if we all agree that this Bible that we have in our hands is the Word of God, well then we ought to always, in every situation, appeal to that. So... You know, I I, I I certainly want to challenge myself in those flaws that I see around me. I guess is what I'm saying, and I, I I don't I don't want to be guilty of this. I don't want to be guilty of the same thing because we all recognize over here that it's wrong. We ought to recognize that the same appeal that that we might have um, that that we might have temptation to appeal to is wrong as well because our appeal should always be back. Uh, to Scripture, never appealing to ourselves, never appealing to some preacher we hold high in high esteem. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm saying that's not where we ought to appeal to. We ought not appeal to the, that group of elders over there or what we did last time or what we grew up with, what grandma did, what grandpa did. not saying they're wrong, but that, not, that ought not be our appeal. Our appeal should always be the Scripture's kind of wrapped up in this idea, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit switching gears on you. Um, and I'll kind of tell you every time I'm kind of <laughs> moving along in, in in my thought process. But um, something that I see in that is this, this idea of the common man, uh, just, just, just me and you, not being able to fully understand God's will. All right? So, uh, wrapped up in this, and, and let's, let's, I'll just, I'll go back to the, to this Catholic guy. Um, well, you know, the church fathers have said such and such, and you know what? It, it, no, I've never had any of them say this to me, but you always get this kind of impression. Well, you're just kind of a dummy. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never, you don't have a, a in divinity, or you you you've not been to this theological seminary, um. Who 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 are you to say that's right? And well, look around you. And Catholics really appeal to this. Look around you. Do you see all this confusion out here? You see you got the First Baptist, the Second Baptist, the Primitive Baptist, the Free Will Baptist, the Missionary Baptist. Look, the Church of Christ has got this group and that group, and the Mennonites got this group and got that group. That's all confusion out there. But guess what? The church fathers, boy, we got it all down. We got the tradition down. If you go to in, a, in, a, in a church anywhere in the world, it's going to be the same. That's what a Catholic would do. It's going to be the same. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about the same thing. You're not going to get a different message. Uh, wrapped up in that is this whole idea of me and you can't know. Who are you to tell me? And I always get that impression uh, fr- from these guys. So this time, I was a little bit more prepared. Like I tell you, I've I've tried to engage in these as much as I can, so I was a little bit more prepared for this guy. And I said, uh, who do you think the epistles were written to? Those written to the apostles? Or were those written to the Christians there? What do you think? I think they were written to just every common folks. The brethren, the people he appealed to. Go through and read that. Who, Who is he talking to? He's not talking to... Um, the higher-ups, if you will. He's just talking to the saints at Corinth, the saints at Philippi. That's who he's talking to. Did, did Paul expect those people to understand what he wrote? I think so. I think he did. Did, did, did God expect the the Jewish people to understand the old law? I think so. I'm seeing a few nods out there. I I, I believe he did. Did did he expect uh, Uzzah to understand? I think so. Uh, did he expect Ananias and Sapphira to understand? I think so. You know, so um, that whole idea to me is. is uh, I guess you can get wrapped up in that idea because of some of the things people say about it. But I think if you look back to Scripture, you understand that God is not the author of confusion. God wants us to know Him. He wants us to be saved. What other conclusion can I come to other than the fact that uh, me and you, He expects me and you to understand. He doesn't expect us to sit around going, well, I can't really understand this, and so I've got to appeal to something else. Like we've already... Uh, discussed this morning, our appeal should be to Him. Who were the prophets sent to? The people. Um, Just think about the apostles when when they were first uh, come along. Who were they? Fishermen? Just regular old folks. Uh, He expected uh, them to understand, not the rich and educated. Go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15, I find this, um, you know, kind of fascinating. Obviously, I've been teaching through the book of Matthew, so, um, you know, I've been looking at this more in the book of Matthew lately, but, you know, if you kind of pay attention to who Jesus himself says has great faith, uh, I think what you are find, I hadn't tallied it up, you know, I hadn't went back through and, and added and, and figured it out, but, It seemed to be those not of Jewish descent. You know, here in Matthew 15, we've got uh, this Gentile woman, a woman uh, of Canaan. Uh, Let's just read the story, Matthew 15 and verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her, Not a word his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it "Is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And so... You know, here we've got this uh, Gentile woman showing her faith. Uh, go to chapter 8 of the book of Matthew. Chapter 8 of the book of Matthew. And in verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And then Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But Only speak a word, and my and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes; and to this, one into another, come, and he comes; and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And Jesus, when Jesus heard it, he marvelled and said to those who followed, "Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel." And so, I guess I bring that up, you know, in in this conversation for us to realize that uh, and look back to when Jesus was walking around uh he seemed to, to look to those that didn't have uh, what the Jews had available to them, but they were the ones he, he uh, commended for their great faith. And so, again, um, can we know his will? Can we understand it? Does he, expect, does he expect just the common everyday man to be able to take his word, know how to be saved, know how to please him? I think what we find is the answer is, is yes. In related to this, um, this question comes up uh, about interpreting his word, um, and so you know how are we going to interpret it? Is his word absolute? Uh, when I see uh, this in scriptures, uh, is it true? And we're switching. We're going to switch gears here a, a little bit again. Here you kind of see a lot of these things are, are intermingled, but in this discussion I had with this guy at lunch, you know, I told you my question to him to begin with was, "Well, they're the Protestants. Are they going to make it to heaven?" And he quotes John fourteen and in verse six. This is the guy I'm sitting with. He he quotes this verse, which of course I agree with him. He's quoting this verse: "I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me." we're going on and we're having this conversation and, you know, he brings up the Jews. And I said, oh, okay. Well, the Jews going to make it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, well, I I I couldn't believe it at this point. You know, I kind of chuckled. And I I said, really? Now, you just said, John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And guess what? Nobody comes to follow except through me the Jews don't believe in Jesus well you know uh, and I, I forget his exact response but something along the lines of but they're still going to make it all right? Uh, they believe in the same God me and you do um, and I asked him I said well why was Paul why did Paul change his ways why was the book of Hebrews written, if it matters if you actually follow Jesus or not? You know why was uh, Jesus appeal to the Jews? Why did Paul talk so much about the Jews if they're just going to go to heaven? What what in, in that? What what is he doing? All right. He wants us all to just go to heaven, all right? He did not you know, and I, and I find this more and more of, uh, I, I find it less in my conversation where somebody would tell me that you're actually going to go to hell if you don't follow this book. That's what I find in my conversations with people. I see them try to make accommodation for as many people as they possibly can that you really don't have to do. You really don't have to believe all of it. You can do some of it. You can do in this case, this guy is saying really none of the New Testament. These Jews, they're going to make it anyway, um, and so uh, this idea of if this is true, the consequences are too are too bad. All right. So he think about this guy. He has just told me that nobody comes to the Father except through Jesus. Now and then, it, I'm talking about right in the same almost sentence. But the Jews are going to make it. All right, the Jews are going to be in heaven too. He wants this to be true. He wants it to be true so bad that we're all going that he's willing to overlook that simple statement. All right, Have any of y'all witnessed that? Like actually watched somebody process through that? I, he'd kind of already made those conclusions before. Now he couldn't really answer to me about Paul and Hebrews and really none of that. But has is, is anybody actually watched somebody process through that? Um I was trying to think through, and I, I know I've seen it at least once, and I believe I've told y'all about that story. Uh, I was studying uh, in, the, in, in Hebrews ten with a guy, and uh, we—he couldn't figure out what willfully meant. You know, he we, we uh, he was once saved, always saved to be so true. We, we we're now we can't even figure out what the definition of willful is. You know what I mean? And so. Uh, That's what that's what the response back was. You know, we're talking about once saved, always saved. You go to Hebrews ten, he talks about those that were once sanctified. You know, so there's really no way to get around that. All right, but it's about willful sin. All right, if you go to Hebrews ten and look there, and the response back to me, well, uh, what about I don't don't know? I don't know what I don't know what willful is. That's fascinating. You know, (laughs) a minute ago you were a genius. You know, it's kind of like uh, what is the, how do we define is, you know, I mean, so I guess uh, the question for me and you is can we be guilty of the same thing? You know, just in a different way. I mean, we all recognize kind of how ridiculous some of that is, but uh, can can we do the same thing? Think about the rich young ruler. Uh, you know, he he wants to follow. He wants to uh, to be a disciple, but the truth is just too much for him at that moment. You know, he 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 can't he can't sell his stuff. He's not willing uh, willing to go there. Go to First Corinthians four. First Corinthians four. This is where I, I, I think some of this uh, comes from. First Corinthians four and verse six. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. This idea of not thinking beyond uh, what is written, that's so easy, I think, for us to do. At least I I think it is for myself, at least. You know, uh, I I want uh, this... Whatever this may be to be true, and so I, I just I'm trying to figure out a way for it to be true. You know, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way for it to work out. I'm looking to Scripture to try to make this work. I think that's me in my mind. I'm, I'm trying to think beyond. I'm trying to go beyond. I'm trying to do something different. Uh, again, going back to this guy, he 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 is quoted to me that nobody comes to the Father except through him, but yet the Jews are going to be saved. I I, I get. Th- in my mind, I'm thinking, well, that, that's that's this verse. That's Him going beyond what is written and trying to make this true over here because He just wants it to be true. I want it to be true so bad. I'm going to try to figure out a way for it to be true. Acts 11. Acts 11 and verse 14. You know, this is a story about the... Um, you know, Cornelius is in chapter 10, and uh, Peter's recounting this. Who will tell you words, in verse 14, who will tell you words by which you and your household will be saved? And so it's only through what we see here is it's only through uh, the words of Scripture that we can be saved, and we need to appeal to Him. It's His Word that's going to stand. It's His Word that's going to uh, stand forever. There's several passages all throughout Scripture, and I'm going to just you know, read several of them uh, kind of quickly. But if you look at Psalms 119 and 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalms 119 and 152, Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. His word will stand. Isaiah 40 and verse 8, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of, of our God stands forever. Matthew 5 and verse 18, For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Matthew twenty four thirty five: Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. 1 Peter 1 and verse 25, But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. And so I... I believe if we have this mentality, if we have uh, this in our minds that we're always going to look to God's Word, we understand what His Word is, we understand that His Word will last forever, we understand His Word's is complete, uh, it will solve a lot of these problems for us. Uh, you know, we can really uh, get caught up in a lot of those things. You know, us being guilty, uh, you know, of trying to make this true uh, when it's not. Um, and I think we, you know, you could probably think in your mind of some cases uh, that you would uh, maybe have done this in your life or ha- or have seen it, uh, seen it happen. Uh, I'm sure you can. <clears throat> the question, I guess, for all of us is really, are we willing to accept the consequences of His Word? Because there are consequences. You know, if if His Word is true, then it means a lot. It means a lot for us. And so. Uh, there's consequences for us as far as dealing with our family there's consequences for us and how we're going to live out the rest of our life and, and what jobs we're going to choose and uh, what vacations we're going to take what what are we going to do there's consequences associated with that I guess my last point uh, this morning is just have convictions You know, stand firm on what you believe um You know, what I seem to have have found is the only conviction uh, that I seem to see, or I guess probably not the only one, but the most prominent one that I seem to see around me today is uh, the only conviction that I really have is that you ought not to have strong convictions. Y'all that makes sense. I see so many of y'all smile so that register. Sometimes it takes a minute for some things like that to register for me. The only conviction is that, uh, the only strong conviction that I have is that uh, you ought not to have too strong convictions or principles, things that, things that matter, things that are true, things that I'm going to stand on. I want to be open-minded, but I don't want to be t- tossed to and fro. I want to be firm in His Word. I want to be rooted in Him uh, and open-minded at the same time. The best example I know of that in Scriptures is Acts 17, 11. And maybe there's maybe there's uh, there's probably some more uh, in our Bibles and maybe some better ones, but this is the one that comes to my mind. Acts 17 and verse 10, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they sent... They went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Um, What did these folks do? They didn't just say, oh, here's Paul and Silas. We'll just do whatever they say. What did they do? They appealed back to God's word. They appealed to the scriptures. They were open-minded. Uh, you know, they seem to be firm in where they were until proven otherwise. Uh, And that's where I want to be. I want to be in a spot where I know what I believe and I'm going to stand right here until you can show me in this book that I'm wrong. But I I don't want to be that person like we just talked about that I've got this truth over here in my mind and that I'm trying to make everything fit that but I want, to, I want to search the Scriptures and figure out whether whoever I'm talking to, are they telling me the truth or are they feeding me a lie? Um, 1 Thessalonians 3. 1 Thessalonians 3 and in verse 8. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. 2 Thessalonians 2 and in verse 15. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and in verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. And in verse 13, Watch. Stand fast in the in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do, uh, let all that you do be done with love. If you if you do a search on stand firm or standing firm, uh, firmly stand. You know, there's there's several different variations of that. That that's repeated about a hundred times in in, the, in our Bibles. Uh, I think God God wants us and expects us to know His will to be firm in His will, to have convictions, to stand there no matter what comes all way, to always be willing to stand up for Him, uh, to stand firm in the faith, uh, fast in the faith as it says here in 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Anytime I think about this, I, I think about Revelation 21. This will be the last verse we look at today, but Revelation 21 and in verse 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The cowardly stone in here. I I do not want to be numbered with the cowardly. Uh, there's a place for the cowardly, and are we where do we see that place to be? That place is hell. That's where the cowardly will wind up. I don't want to wind up there. I don't want to be part of the cowardly. I want to be. I want to stand firm in the faith. I want to be stand fast. I want to stand with him uh, to the end. That's where I want to be. I think that's where all of us want to be. I don't think uh, you'd be here if you didn't. Uh, but I hope that this discussion this morning was helpful uh, to you uh, as as we uh, strive to please him and as we uh, strive to talk to those around us about. Uh, his Word and His will and try uh, to convert folks to the truth. Um, I, hope it, I hope it was helpful uh, for you in that. If there's any here today that need the prayer of the saints or that need to become a child of His this morning, we'd ask that you come forward at this time.